in the heart of Mexico, a rare creature once found its home in the depths of Lake Chaco, near present-day Mexico City. Unfortunately, that lake no longer exists. With its home drained to make room for the expanding metropolis, this unique amphibian has been forced into canals and streams infested by invasive predators like the Asian carp and African tilapia. This salamander's only hope of survival is to become remarkably resilient. But that's just what you expect on life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy, your 30 minutes of interesting animal info. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos, and this is season two. That's right. And we're kicking it off with a crazy looking animal. It's adorable, I think. Sometimes. I saw some video of it. It's pretty adorable. Sometimes it looks like something that could kill you in the core of Naboo. If it were I guess. one million times bigger. <laughs> yeah. um, so do you want to do the taxonomical breakdown? Sure thing. Well, as you've seen from the title of this episode, uh, we're dealing with the axolotl salamander. Uh-huh. Very strange word. A-X-O-L-O-T-L. Mm-hmm. So you'd imagine a Y to be between the T and the L, but nope, just T and then L and then the end of the word. Did you find out what that means? Nah. It means water monster. Really? Yeah. In, like, Greek? No, in, uh, I want to say Aztec. Who was in Mexico City? Aztec. Aztec. That's who it was. As Well, the Mayans were in the Yucatan. It's probably Aztec. Pretty sure it's Aztec. Yeah. There's a lot of Zs. Yeah, they do have a lot of Zs. <laughs> and Xs. Or I'm going to have to say an X later on. <laughs> I, like, and every time I say axolotl. So, we've got kingdom animalia. We've got phylum chordata, because this thing has a spine. Like spines. We've got class amphibia, as most salamanders are. Yeah. Um, the Pretty order is... Them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the order is uh, Uridella. I am? Yeah, Uridella. Oh. I'm Adela. You're Adela. He's Adela. We're all Adelas. Adela the Hun. <laughs> so, we're on to the family, uh, which is... Abistomatidae. Interesting. Yep. Another one of those that ends with an A-E. I just say A. Where's Castello Somatidae? <sighs> Such a good joke. <laughs> no, it's not. It's mediocre at best. <laughs> Abistomatidae and Castello Somatidae? Yeah. Um, this is like Stomatopata. Yeah, what's well, Stomatopata with you? Um, Call back. Roll threes. <laughs> they got one more. <laughs> uh, genus is... Abistoma and species is Mexicanum. I'm going to start trying to say species because species is not a word. It, it is if you're Sean Connery. Definitely heard it both ways, but it's supposed to be species. <laughs> species. So you, we have our binomial nomenclature as Abistoma, Abistoma Mexicanum. Okay, I like that. It's a good one. Uh, and this episode, I will be general info. That's right. That's right. And you can be major facts. Reporting for duty. <laughs> and what we mean by that, for season two, I suppose. Is I just that love Car- this idea. <laughs> that I introduce you now. Yeah. That Carlos is going to be delivering the, for this episode at least, delivering the <laughs> general mean? info. And I'm going to be delivering the nitty gritty 
Major facts. Right. So next time I might be in major facts and you might be in Right. We'll info. switch the roles. Um, Keep it fresh. Keep all right. Spicy. So other names for the axolotl is the Mexican salamander, boring, or the Mexican walking fish, which is more interesting and also wrong because <laughs> <laughs> it's not a fish. It's a yeah. salamander. Yeah. Its physical characteristics are pretty strange. Uh, you've probably seen like the that like crazy cave salamander that evolved eyes away. Um, it kind of just it's like this pink lizard thing that's like underwater and the Texas cave salamander. Yeah, looks like a Pokemon. Um, <laughs> evolved those eyes away. I don't need them. <laughs> it's like I the, my I only eat one thing a year. I need to use my energy and proteins for things other than eyes. Well, I'll start by saying that they are uh, neotenic. Sure. Or neotenic, however you want to say it. What could that mean? Um, it means that they retain juvenile traits into adulthood. So they're amphibians, which means that they're, they start as eggs. They hatch in the water. Mm-hmm. They are these, these like tadpole form things. Uh, they swim around, live entirely in water and have gills. And most amphibians uh, eventually grow legs, lose their gills, um, Frogs and toads lose their tail, but salamanders keep it. Uh, and then they go on to land and they proceed to live the rest of their adult life on land. Uh, axolotls do not. They, they get some legs. They get some legs, but they keep pre- those gills. They pretty much keep everything else. Yeah. They become bigger tadpoles with legs. You know that tad... You ever keep tadpoles as a kid? No. I used to, like, catch them and keep them. In a, in a, I didn't have any food for them, so they died. But... Um, <laughs> So they, they would some of them would like metamorphose <laughs> I was dumb <laughs> and six um, but they, some of them would metamorphose in the little pan that I had and so they would grow legs but they would still have this really long tail and that when when I see the Wikipedia image for an axolotl that's what I think of but do they eat each other sometimes they do that no, they just die. The water evaporates no, also, I mean, and they become like this big pile of dead tadpoles. So you're just like, I'm going to collect these, and like, I'm done. I'm done now. I should have, yeah. I should have, when I realized that they would die, I should have just thrown them back. Um, <laughs> but I wasn't a humanitarian back then. <laughs> um, okay, so right now you're picturing this. It's about, uh, the biggest ones get to be about a foot long, but that's pretty rare. Generally, they're pinkish, whitish. Actually, no. Generally, in the wild. Yeah, you're right. They are brown. Yeah. Brownish gray. To look at, they are not special. Yeah. You would think, oh, this is like, this is a fish with legs. <laughs> That's pretty special. <laughs> um, but they have these frilly gills. They have six of them, three on each side, that stick out behind their head, and they kind of move oxygenated water um, into their gills. Okay. And, uh, well, no, actually, it moves through the oxygen oxygenated water and collects oxygen through what I assume to be like osmosis, like a semi-permeable membrane that takes water, oxygen molecules in or um, atoms in and leaves everything else out. But um, don't quote me on that. (laughs) But it's pretty crazy to look at. They have kind of these coral, fan coral-esque things on the sides of their heads. Um, and they have, and it's also having gills on the outside of their body rather than fish that mm-hmm. have them on the inside. Not <laughs> the only ones to do that. Other salamanders do that. Have those gills outside. The ones, the other uh, neotenic 
Salamanders. Well, and like in lar- in like infant stages. Yeah, but then they usually lose them in, into adulthood, and these like the tiger salamander uh, keep them. Mm-hmm. And also, like I was saying earlier, the Texas cave salamander also it also keeps these gills and lives underwater. Um, and back on the neotenic thing, uh, can also be called uh, pedomorphism, which means uh, you reach sexual matur- maturity without going through metamorphosis. Okay. I thought that's what the same thing as... Yeah, it's basically the same thing. Okay. It's just a different way of saying it. Um, so, yeah, these things are permanently water-dwelling. They do not go on land, although they can gulp air. I saw them go doing that. That's what I thought. Yeah, it's called buckle pumping. What is that for? It's for... It's another way of getting air into the lungs. Oh. 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 So they have lungs. Well... Tadpoles don't have lungs. They grow lungs. But all thing, the things that have gills have lungs, but the gills facilitate the lungs. It's not lungs. It's not I called guess. lungs. But I see what you're saying. An organ that processes sure. oxygen and oxygenates oxygenates blood. I read I read the word lungs. It's all I've got. <laughs> <laughs> um, <coughs> so yeah, buckle pumping. Cool. There's a. Have you ever you know what a snakehead is? Yeah, it's the it's the it's the part at the end of a snake that's not the tail. Sure, it's also an invasive species of carnivorous fish in here in South Florida okay. that is eating everything, and it also does buckle pumping, despite the fact that it does have gills. It comes up and sucks air from the surface, which scares the living daylights out of you if you're just sitting by a lake and suddenly you hear. And you're like, what the heck was that? Is there like a, a monster in there? Also, these things can be like four feet long. So, so, so what I was imagining before you made that sound was like you're just sitting there peacefully, fishing, and then all of a sudden you just hear. <laughs> you look over. It's a fish with like a human face. That sounds like it's from Dark Souls. Yeah, it sounds like it's like a Miyazaki thing. <laughs> Anyway, um, so the, for the most part, axolotls are brown, um, but there aren't a lot of them in the wild. So most of our observation of them has been in captivity. Uh-huh. Um, so they, Where they're much better looking, I think. They've developed some, some mutant colorations. Um, the first one is leucistic, which is pale pink with black eyes, which is what you're thinking of. Uh-huh. Like uh, a lot like the Texas, Texas cave salamander. Chainsaw Be- calamander. <laughs> 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 they they uh they look albino. Yeah. Even though that's not the albino one. The albino one is gold with gold eyes. What? Isn't that crazy? There's, I must see a, f- a photo. Look it up. There's a, so it's leucistic, which is pale pink with black eyes, and then you have albino, which is gold with gold eyes. Uh-huh. The next one is axanthic, which is gray with black eyes, which I think is a little bit more like the wild version. Uh-huh. Um, and then you have melanoid, which is all black. Black, black, black. I've seen so the black one. I thought the black ones were in the wild, too. Um, maybe. But the mutant colorations are supposed to be the ones that developed in captivity. There's one other thing about their you know, morphology that I think is notable. Is they've got this big old cheesy grin. <laughs> and it's great. <laughs> Hashtag Critter Smiles. <laughs> They're very photogenic. Yeah. Like that one gecko with the lovely eyes. You ever see that the photogenic gecko? No. You got to look that up after this. Okay, everyone. There's going to be a lot of people that have some Googling to do after this podcast. <laughs> if you're in the car, don't Google this. Yeah. It's not until worth Until you it. reach your destination. Hashtag 
don't text and drive. Don't, <laughs> or don't, don't, Google, don't and Google and drive. Um, so, yeah, they get up to a foot long. They have a big, wide face. Yep. Big, wide grin. To facilitate that smile. Um, they have teeth for that smile. Small ones. And they're vestigial because they don't really chew anything. They kind of just inhale things into their mouth with yeah. vacuum force. Into their stomach. Oh, yeah. yeah you're right. Into, directly into their open stomach. Yeah. With vacuum force. Yeah. Which I put in all caps because that sounds very cool. Yeah, definitely don't want to do that with like um, like a like a like a sharp potato chip. Hmm. Definitely want to chew or like that. A kidney stone. I would never <laughs> inhale. A, I wouldn't do anything with a kidney stone that involves putting it in your stomach. Any getting it out? Well, that's one thing. It's not fun, but it's one thing. Oh man! <laughs> I'm not putting it in. That's for dang sure. I I I might pay all the money I have in my bank account right now to to ensure that I never have a kidney stone in my whole life. That's I'll a, do a kidney stone for that. Really? Yeah. Man, that's... No. I mean, it hurts, but it, I don't think it kills you, so... It doesn't kill you, <laughs> yeah. but it also doesn't make you stronger. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, Fair point. All right. Oh, the, the teeth would have grown in had they reached, mat- like, full... Um, metamorphosis maturity yeah since they don't their teeth never grow in um like we said they feed through suction they just uh basically inhale their prey into their stomachs um page two page two um they eat worms insects small fish um they locate their food via smell same Like I wonder where I wonder where my food is. I'm not gonna check the refrigerator or the pantry. I'm just gonna smell around until smell some, to it until something pops up. Hail <clears throat> that right in my stomach. So here's another aspect of their biology. Uh, they are poikilotherms, which are basically means cold blooded, not necessarily, but it just means their temperature varies. Okay. So you and I, our temperature stays the same unless we're sick or dying. <laughs> Um, but for these animals, they function in a, like a wide range of temperatures. So I saw a graph. Um, the uh, poikilotherms can function not... They don't have a very high energy output ever, but they can function over a wide range of uh, temperatures where hot, warm-blooded animals can have a very high energy output, but they can only function over a very small range. So it's like you've got between like 95 degrees and 105 degrees for a warm-blooded animal or something like that, where a poikilotherm can be like, I don't know, a much bigger range than that. (laughs) Um, So in cold temperatures, their metabolism slows considerably so that they can survive winters and stuff like that. Um... And the only animal that they, the only animal that's not cold-blooded that they think is a poikilotherm is the naked mole rat, the only mammal. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. That it can serve, that it can function. Not, interesting. Not just survive, but but. That's interesting for a fact. Later, remind me about that later. The naked mole rat. Yeah. All right. You uh, have to do the I'll Kim try. Possible ringtone for me. <laughs> da, da, da. <clears throat> What's the sitch? So, uh, axolotls live. In two lakes in the world. Uh huh. One of them is Lake Xochimilco. Okay. 
Z's. There's those no, Z's you're talking about. X-O-C-H-I-N-I-L-C-O. And the second one is Lake Chalco. Uh, Lake Chalco was artificially drained to stop flooding, so it no longer exists. Uh-huh. So now we've all we've got is I've Lake... I've heard they, they found yeah. them in a few canals. Yeah. Well, pretty much because Lake Xochimilco Zo- is now just pretty much canals. Uh-huh. So that's where they live now, in the wild. They're very endangered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and all of this is very close to central Mexico, Mexico City. Um, so destruction of their habitat and the introduction of invasive species like the African tilapia, which eats their uh, young and their eggs and also is a competitive source, competitive food eater. <laughs> yeah. What is Competitive that? predator. Competitor. Competitor. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what we're calling them. Uh, that's that's contributed to the fact that they don't, uh, they're not thriving in the wild, and that's and they're mostly observed in captivity. Uh huh. And that is all I've got for the general info. All right. And I also have a little bit about some stuff about cancer, but let me know when you want to talk about that. Uh, uh, major. Facts. Facts. Avoiding for duty. <laughs> All right. So uh, there's some hope that in captivity they're not going away because there's a lot of reasons to study these guys. Um, and a lot of reasons, by a lot of reasons, I mean they're all under the umbrella of incredible regeneration. Ooh. Um, Wolverine style. Wolverine style indeed, Ooh. you might even say. Um, that sounds like a reason to have this episode. It does. <laughs> um, so I heard a thing that said they were the only terrestrial animal that can regenerate limbs, which I think there are other salamanders in the same um, I have a problem with genus. The, I have a problem with the classification of terrestrial. True. They can walk on land, but they don't. They're not hugely into it like like mud puppies yeah um so they are one of the few uh land-ish creatures that 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 grow You're landish limbs landish calrizio <laughs> all right calrizian uh so their arms can regenerate from any point limbs can regenerate from at any point like cut them off at the wrist you can grow a hand cut them off like above the elbow you can your entire arm goes or if you're an axolotl. Okay, um, right. Whereas, like, if a lizard, you know, if they lose a tail at a certain point... They, they can't grow it back? It, it has this detach point. So right. if something grabs it, it detaches. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it grows back from that point. Um, so uh, they can regenerate the, four, the, the front portion of their brain called the telecephalon. There we go. Yeah, so a chunk of their brain, it's not super vital... But it's a chunk of their brain that they can regrow. Um, by wishing hard enough? By wishing hard enough. Because it's not the wish part of their brain. <laughs> <laughs> if they lost the wish part of their brain, then, yeah. then nothing like, happens. What's the story, <laughs> Wishbone? <laughs> um, Speaking of bones, do they have do they have bones or cartilage? They have bones. And, and they regenerate those, too? Oh, sure they do. Oh, wow. And, uh, so they. speaking of bones... They can re. I, I was speaking of bones. Regrow crushed or severed spinal cords in three weeks. You, you cut that spi- spinal cord, it reattaches. I don't want to know three how weeks. they figured that out. Um. Oh, 
there's some weird stuff they're doing to those guys. Yeah. Um, they can regrow their testes. Okay. That's, pretty, that's good. Yeah. Uh, pretty not, not very common. <laughs> no, um, neither is regrowing your spine. Fair point. Excellent point. Because <laughs> normally things that regenerate like this don't have spines at all, like starfish. True. Um, so they can re- regrow like ventricles of the heart, portions of the heart. That takes about 30 days. Um, so it takes them longer to regenerate ventricles than mm-hmm. it does to regenerate a spinal column, which you said was three weeks. Yeah. 21 days for a spinal column. Yeah. That's just, that's the um, the shipping co- the shipping period. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you want a spinal column? It's going to take 21 days. It's going to come in one of those coolers. I'm going to put it right in. If you need a ventricle, that's going to take me a full month. <laughs> <laughs> We're backed up on ventricles, man. <laughs> We're backed up. Um, the, the cell, the regenerative cells said to the axolotl. Um so they can also accept transplanted eyes. <laughs> They're not axolotl. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> They're axolotl. Don't trample over that incredible fact with that <laughs> terrible I didn't think of this before we even sat down. <laughs> axolotl versus axolotl. All right. He's an axolotl guy. <laughs> He's got axolotl love. <laughs> <laughs> Oh goodness! Uh, you want to know how to regenerate? Axis, <laughs> little guy. <laughs> no, All right, here we done. go. <laughs> here we go. They can accept transplanted eyes. Did you hear me say that? Do you yeah. realize how complicated eyeballs are? Just pop one of those boys in, and it's good to go. So they take an eyeball from one axolotl. Yep. And then they put it into another one. Yep. And then it just says, "This yeah. is mine now." Yeah, plug and play. Yeah. And it, it is fully functional. Um, and other limbs. So if you cut off one axolotl's arm and another one, you can swap their limbs if you want to. Sid Phillips style. Okay. I know what you're talking about now. Toy Story. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, um, who the heck is Sid Phillips? So you could take... Is this trans coloration? Could you take the... Um, oh, let, let me see if I can... Can you take the leg of a leucistic axolotl and attach it to the stub of uh an axanthic axolotl and conceivably have this like weird yeah uh, colorful s- thing sid style it's like when a car animal. has a door from a different car and it's a different color yeah um as far as i know yes as long as it does hasn't gone through metaphor- metamorphosis but it doesn't that's the point of it being neotenic some of them do they can be induced as well. Okay. Um, what happens when it's induced? They still live underwater. They're still mostly underwater. Um, I've heard that they don't like it. They, they, they don't thrive in that in that situation. But they look like a, your typical salamander. Um, they don't have the gills? No. Interesting. Um, but it's rare. And more, most of the time it's, it's just done in a lab. How the heck do you even induce that? You give it a pep talk. Do you just like... It's time to grow up. So you say. <laughs> grow up. Stop being such an axolotl. Be an axolotl. <laughs> axolotl boy. <laughs> oh, we got to stop it. It's done. Rule okay. of threes. All right. So they're super, super duper resistant to cancer. Um, so for that reason, they're vital to cancer research. 
Um, I've heard, I, I read something that they're 10,000 times more uh, cancer resistant than any other animal. So they don't even get it or they can just fight it off immediately because they're like regeneration monsters. They, they have like given axolotls like colorful cancer cells. Yeah. Oh, with pigments? Yeah. The tr- yeah, pigment tracking for cells? Well, like glow in the dark mm-hmm. so that you can, you can see it because they're pretty translucent. That is crazy. They've also given them like genes or injected them with like glow in the dark stuff and then they just glow in the dark. Um, they also have taken glow in the dark um, cells, which I'm going to talk about in a bit, put it onto like nubs and they grew a glow in the dark limb. That That's the coolest thing. <laughs> they should have put axolotl DNA into the Indominus Rex in Jurassic <laughs> World instead of like tree frog or whatever the heck they use. So it's glowing and you can definitely not be snuck up on. <laughs> um, you definitely not catch fish anymore. So here's a weird thing. Um, a wounded limb uh, can sometimes grow a second limb. So instead of just regenerating the wound, it'll grow two. So you'll have two on one side. That sounds bad. That sounds bad. But it makes them like popular as pets because it's like <laughs> this guy this has two legs on one side this is silly makes him popular in the axolotl community <laughs> yeah like look i've got culturally it's legs. a good thing <laughs> um you've been blessed with a fifth leg so speaking of uh, scientists being sid phillips uh they have successfully transplanted an axolotl head onto the back of a second axolotl so you got a second head on your back, and it survived for like like a few months. That's horrific. It's I wouldn't want to be the one on the back. It's a cat dog. Did you ever see that show? I definitely, yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. It's not like that. No? No, because it doesn't have, I don't think it had any control over anything. It's just all along for the ride. It's more like Voldemort. Oh, I see. <laughs> Except without the evil plans. Yeah, I, somebody had evil plans. <clears throat> In the turban. Um, all right, so the way Goodness. they do this... I'm just trying to wrap my mind around that. <laughs> yeah. What, what do they... Do they just stick it on the axolotl for three weeks? Hold I don't it know. there and then eventually I, I, just I imagine sticks. that they have to connect the spine somehow. I don't know. It's weird. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it either. And it died eventually. Most things that get head transplants do. Yeah. Um, So the reason they're able to do this is with a certain cell called, um, let's see, it's like a stem cell. It's called a pluripotent cell. Yeah, you have multipotent and you have pluripotent. You have, I think, omnipotent. Sure. Omnipotent cells? Um, uh, Pluripotent cells can turn into any germ cell. Mm -hmm. And a germ cell is the stuff that grows your stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, your skin, your bones, your muscles, your organs, all your tissues. You have them in your bone marrow and also when you are uh, an embryo. Yes. Um, And in your umbilical cord and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, You can donate your umbilical cord juice. It's like a really good thing for science. Yeah, because of stem cell research. Right. Um, so yeah, conceivably, it could a pluripotent cell could, with the right programming, become an eyeball cell, or it could become a skin cell, right. or it could become a neuron, or it could become, you know, anything else. 
So what's special about these guys is when they have a wound or a, a lost limb, around the wound, the cells, like the skin cells and the muscle scale, scales and the skeleton scales, and the skulls. Uh, all of those cells turn into these pluripotent cells. What? Yeah. They're just regular cells, and they're like, now we can do anything. So, so those cells are called differentiated cells, and then stem cells and pluripotent cells are undifferentiated cells. Okay. Meaning, like, we ain't different. We ain't specific. We ain't want to use skin cells. We're, we're something undifferentiated. We don't want to mess with labels. Yeah, we're not into labels. <laughs> so these skin cells are like, I don't want to be a label. I don't want to be a skin cell anymore. I'm going to be a, this stem cell. And then grow whatever is needed. So instead of like a human, when we get a, a like a burn or a, a limb chopped off, the the if you can, um, you just it just covers in a layer of skin. You know, protects that area. It closes off the wound. Mm-hmm. Um, these guys, they don't have that. They don't scar at all. There's no scarring. It's just regrowth. Oh, and the other thing that's super cancer resistant. There's two other things. One of them, one of them is an elephant, and one really? of them, yeah, one of them is a naked mole rat. Ah, so I didn't have to remind you. Yeah, I remember. Okay, an elephant. Yeah, you could like irradiate an elephant. Should you be some sort of monster, <laughs> and uh, it wouldn't. I mean, it would not conceivably get cancer it's resistant i don't know if it's impossible to get for them to get cancer. it could it could eat like all the splenda and still not get cancer there's there's a lot of evidence suggesting that you can too (laughs) (laughs) i was trying to think of anything else like hot dogs i don't know oreo cookies do they yeah that's not cool well they've said that they are carcinogens all right, since we're getting pretty close to the end mark or over the end mark, I'll just end with the uh, specifics of the cancer research that they're doing. Uh, the University of Nottingham has researchers. We'll start there. Um, and according to this newatlas.com article I read, uh, so cancer is often caused by having the cell's tumor suppressor genes turned off because cells divide and turn into things based on the Uh, programming in their genes, and things can be turned off or on based on proteins binding to them. Um, So if the gene is on, then the cell will only reproduce to a certain limit. However, it needs much it needs to, like, I don't know, heal or grow, whatever. Um, But if it's off, it'll reproduce out of control and become a tumor. Um, And there are these uh, proteins called epigenetic marks which bind to the DNA and cause that suppressor gene to be turned off, which they think is one of the main causes for cancer. And so what they they did was they took uh, axolotl oocytes, which are eggs that have not yet gone through ovulation. So I guess they take them out of the axolotl. Um, and they have molecules that uh, modify the epigenetic marks so that to override them and turn the switch back on. And it worked. After 60 days, there was no more cancerous growth in the subjects for this uh, experiment. So he fixed it. I don't know if they, I don't know if they use it on people, but I think they use it on like a cancerous thing that they had 
uh, a cancerous mass that they ah. had, and, and then it stopped growing when they introduced the extract from these oozites. So let's 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 ship it. The yeah. the extract from the oozites has molecules in it that uh, modify these proteins. The proteins are bad. They bind to DNA, which cause your your tumor suppressor gene to be turned off. Right. So the oocyte extract molecules turn it back on. Nice. So hopefully this is the start of a wonderful, um, not so symbiotic relationship, one-sided relationship between us and the axolotls. Here's what I'm proposing, axolotls. (laughs) You'll all get a home right in like this, like a super nice tank in everyone's house. Everyone gets an axolotl. Axolotl gets as much food as it wants. You know, we just rip your eggs out of healthy your body. living. I think <laughs> it, no, they lay them, and it's, then it's pre-ovulation. Oh, ovulation means it drops into yeah. the fallopian tube, so that means that like you have to take it out of the axolotl. So yeah. you do have to kind of. Hopefully, there's a way to do that that's not terrible for the axolotl. Just like squeeze its belly, <laughs> tickle it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> On that wonderful note. Uh huh. I think it's about time we wrap this up. Uh-huh. So Axolotl's pretty sweet. Just like life, death, and taxonomy. Death ain't sweet. <laughs> ah! I think that snake just bit me. Geez, well, did you at least see the snake? Well, I saw it slither away. I can only say for sure that there was some red, some black, and some yellow. Well, that could either be Microros fulvius, the deadly coral snake, or Lampropelatus triangulum, the harmless milk snake. Yeah, sounds great. Hey, is it getting hot and cold at the same time out here? Nope, I feel fine, but thanks for asking. If... Only there was a podcast where two knowledgeable gentlemen could teach us the difference between these two common North American serpents. I think I'm, I think I'm going to lie down. Oh, that's right. You can listen to Life, Death, and Taxonomy to get the facts you need when you need them. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast app you use for your 30 minutes of interesting animal info. Isn't that right, Carlos? Carlos? Well, my guess is that this is a classic case of deadly coral snake venom. Well, I radio in a chopper. You be sure to subscribe to the show and leave a review while you're at it.